Hey, I'm Chase from Iowa. I'm Alex from Chicago. I'm Jake from Downers Grove. Sound of Young America is produced independently and supported by listeners like you and me. You should support the show like I did. Just visit MaximumFun.org slash donate. I'm Jesse Thorne. Live on tape from my house in Los Angeles, it's the Sound of Young America from MaximumFun.org and PRI, Public Radio International. It's the Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guests on the program are Carrie Brownstein and Fred Armisen. They're the co-creators and stars of the new IFC sketch comedy series, Portlandia. Fred Armisen is, of course, well-known for his sketch comedy work. He's been a cast member of Saturday Night Live for many years now. Carrie Brownstein, not so much. She was one of the founding members of Slater Kinney, the indie rock group of the 1990s and 2000s. It turns out Fred Armisen has his roots in music as well. He had a 10-year music career before he even tried his hand at comedy. Their new show is an affectionate look at Portland, Oregon, that refuge of the creative and place where people go to not have jobs. Here's a clip from a sketch on the show that's almost a thesis statement for it. It's a song called The Dream of the 90s is Alive in Portland. In this scene, Fred and Carrie are discussing Portland while standing on the streets of Los Angeles. What is it? Do you remember the 90s? Yeah. You know, people were talking about getting piercings and getting tribal tattoos. Yeah. You know, people were singing about saving the planet and forming bands. Yeah. There's a place where that idea still exists as a reality, and I've been there. Where is it? Portland. Oregon? Yeah. Remember when people were content to be unambitious, sleep till 11, just hang out with their friends, when they had no occupations whatsoever, maybe working a couple hours a week at a coffee shop? Right? I thought that died out a long time ago. <laughs> Not in Portland. Portland is a city where young people go to retire. Fred, welcome back to The Sound of Young America. Carrie, welcome to The Sound of Young America. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me and us. I want to talk to you guys a little bit about your careers before comedy, um, sort of each in turn. Fred, I know that you started um, recording with the band Trenchmouth in, in the late 80s, and you didn't even do any comedy until the late 90s. Um, did you always aspire to do something besides music? I think secretly I did. I, I always, um, for some reason, I remember seeing Bill Murray as a guest on David Letterman, and I, I, there was something about the way the, I just liked, I remember being in Trenchmouth and thinking like, oh, I want to be a guy like that, <laughs> you know, a, a guy who does comedy and uh, it's just something about that. I, I'll ne never forget that that's something I aspired to. And I sort of always wanted to be on TV and I thought maybe it would be through music. And then little by little, it just, it became uh, obvious or it became, um, you know, it was apparent to me that it was supposed, it was going to happen through comedy. Why did you want to be on TV? Because when I was a kid, the things that mattered most to me were the things that were on TV. Like, 
I remember seeing, uh, watching Devo. They were on a show and I just, it just was like, it made me happy to be alive. I was like, I want to be part of whatever that is. And, um, it's, it was bands when, whenever they made TV appearances, that's when they really meant something to me. I remember the clash were on, they were on a couple of shows and I was just so moved by that. But for some reason, Devo was the one that really stuck out as a good television band. The band that you were in, Trenchmouth, was, I mean, could loosely be described as, I don't know, maybe art punk. Um, and that isn't generally like the kind of music that you want to, that you want to make if your objective is to get on TV. <laughs> I know. I mean, thankfully, it didn't work out that way. But also, if I went back in time and gave myself some advice, I'd be like, Fred, you got to make something a little more accessible. I don't know what I don't know what I was thinking or what we were thinking, but for some reason it made some kind of sense to me that like yeah if we make this really crazy music we can end up on TV. In 1998 at uh, the South by Southwest Music Conference, you made this comedy video that I've heard you describe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, as the sort of the first actual comedy thing that you'd ever done. Yeah. Um, I, I want to play a little bit of that video. This is you as well. How did you get it? <laughs> it's on the internet. Everything's available on the internet, Fred. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, it, it, this is you as a sort of German uh, television reporter of some kind interviewing uh, Janine Garofalo. Wow. Why are you here in Austin? Um, I came to South by Southwest with MTV doing some interviews from TV for some of the bands. Uh, is it a show like uh, cops? Is it? Are you a police officer? Or you don't do police work or FBI type things for hurting people or arresting them? No? Not usually, no. Yeah. Why is that a common thing? Yes, because uh, in Germany sometimes the police, they come to your door and they want to find things out and so they go to cities and they bring a camera or whatever. So I should be asking you that. You're the one with the camera in the city. Oh, she's, she's with the camera. But, uh, uh, MTV, what kind of a channel uh, is it here in America? Is it uh, violent? Music, music, television. Right. Classical music mostly? Mostly classical, yeah. Okay. And uh, are there popular conductors you have here? Like, they are. There's Conductors are like gods here. How did you come to this decision to spend your South by Southwest not, um, you know, networking with record executives or whatever you're supposed to do at South by Southwest? Um, I was there to play with some bands, John Lankford's bands. I was there with Sally Timms, who was my uh, wife at the time. And um, we, I, I remember, like, I had to play some sets with them. And I got a book, uh, the booklet, like, the sort of guide to the whole thing, like, and it was all, like, seminars on how to make it in the music biz. And I just thought it was also, like, how can you have lectures about this? And... I understand it was a, it's a good idea to have – I think South by Southwest is great. But I just – at the time, I think I was just frustrated. I was like, ugh, you know, like why, how, there's no science to it. So I went out and bought a video camera and I was like, why don't we go and we'll just like – I'll just interrupt these seminars and I'll, be, I'll just interrupt everything and I ask these silly questions. And then that's what it was. And then a, f- a friend of mine edited it together. Sally did the camera and – before I knew it, it, there was this tape that existed with me doing different characters, and it really made the rounds. And I ended up showing it at nightclubs and stuff and traveling with it. And I would just sort of show up to these clubs 
I'd book these shows where I would just play the video and more people would turn out than would turn out for Trenchmouth. And I'd get more press than I did when I did Trenchmouth. So it was a very immediate thing of like, oh, all I need to do is bring this video and it's less <laughs> stuff to load in. And it, that was the moment that I was like, I think this is what I should be doing. That led pretty quickly, um, at least in you know show business years, to uh, Saturday Night Live. You did a, a show with uh, uh, Bob Odenkirk uh, that was a, a pilot for Fox that didn't end up going. Um, as I recall, the Fox chose Cedric the Entertainer Presents over it and decided they could only have one sketch show at the time. Yeah. Well, lucky me. <laughs> um, and yeah. and you, ended up, you ended up doing these characters on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Um, Carrie, I want to ask you a little bit about um, your music career and, and how you came to do other things. Um, did you have aspirations beyond music when you were in the, we should say, enormously successful um, and acclaimed band Slater Kinney? Yes. I mean, Slater Kinney was a highly um, consuming and very fulfilling experience and creative endeavor. But I think there were moments as, you know, we got further along in our career that I wanted to do something else or that it's just in my nature, I think, to have other outlets. And at first that was writing and that became something else I did besides the band where people would ask me to, to contribute essays to books or to magazines. And they're mostly about music. And then I occasionally would act in a friend's indie film or short film. And I guess I just always had other interests. You know, I started Slater Kinney when I was in, in college. And even though it was everything I wanted to do, I didn't necessarily expect to be doing that. So when, once I was entrenched in it, um, it was like I hadn't even realized that that was the path I was going to take, even though it was very exciting. How did actress slash comedian uh, get added to the list of musician and writer? In terms of the comedy stuff, it was really just connecting with Fred and our friendship and figuring out a way that we were going to have a project together. And our dynamic as friends is, you know, it, we get sort of obsessed about certain subjects and we feed off each other's neuroses and it's very close it's a very close friendship and i just think that the videos just were a natural extension we we started making these videos just for ourselves called thunder ant so that was i think what fostered this idea that you know of this part of me that was doing improv and making these shorts but it didn't start out as intentional it started out as organic as you know when you're in high school or college and you say you know who do i want to play music with well the natural thing is to play with friends and i think for fred and i it was just as easy as that here's a clip from um thunder ant the sketch comedy duo that uh precipitated portlandia in this clip fred and carrie are uh, Jamie and Trish introducing some of uh, the most adoptable dogs from Portland's Pet Haven. Hey, what's going on? I'm Jamie. And I'm Trish. Welcome to the Portland Pet Haven. We've got some great dogs here, really good active dogs, so check it out. 
This is Sicily. She's a Dachshund. She's 14 years old, really active, wants to live in a home with no children and no adults. She'd love to go home with someone with a really thick neck. She likes looking up and looking towards me. Meet her today at Portland Pet Haven. This is Boo Boo. Boo Boo's 10 years old, a golden retriever. His owner got punched in the face and that's how he died. Boo Boo's had 44 owners in a row. He's a great dog, never ever barks, and doesn't have real teeth. Hey, this is Licorice. Licorice would love to go home with a child that's under one, that preferably will not get bigger than two feet, five inches tall. Uh, once a child passes two feet, five inches tall, uh, Licorice likes to chew on their feet until they get back down to that height. Your other option is you stay on the ground the whole time. One of his favorite games is called Ignore the Owner. More with Fred Armisen and Carrie Brownstein, the creators of IFC's new sketch comedy series, Portlandia, after a break. It's the sound of young America from MaximumFun.org and PRI, Public Radio International. Hey, Angelinos and Southern Californians, pay attention. Yeah, get off the treadmill or whatever you're doing while you listen to this. The Sound of Young America is proud to present A Thousand Clowns at CineFamily at the Silent Movie Theater on January 27th. What is A Thousand Clowns? Well, it's basically my favorite movie of all time. I think it's probably the best movie about comedy ever made. Uh, It was an adapted from an award-winning play by Herb Gardner. It stars Jason Robards in the role that made him famous. And our special screening of the film includes a conversation between me and the child star of the film, Barry Gordon. He was just a young teenager when he made the picture. He went on to go to law school and become for many years the president of SAG, the Screen Actors Guild. He also, by the way, was the voice of the song, All I Want for Christmas is My Two Front Teeth. Anyway, it's a beautiful film, a hilarious film, and it's also a film that's been out of print for, geez, since the mid-1990s when it went out of print on VHS. In fact, its distributor, MGM, just went into bankruptcy, and we ordered this print of the film on literally the last day that they were fulfilling orders for prints of films. So this is really a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to come see this movie. It's January 27th at the Silent Movie Theater, CineFamily in Los Angeles. Uh, You can find more information, including a link to buy tickets on our website at MaximumFun.org. And I please, I I insist, if you live in Southern California, come see this movie. It will change your life, especially if you care about comedy or just about the process of becoming an adult. The Sound of Young America is supported in part by Ask Metafilter. Thousands of life's little questions answered online at ask.metafilter.com. Coverage of the world of comedy on The Sound of Young America is supported by Humber College, offering a two-year program dedicated to comedy. Students learn stand-up, improv, acting, and writing skills and perform in the heart of Toronto. At Humber, we make funny people funny. More information at humbercomedy.com. It's the Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guests are Carrie Brownstein and Fred Armisen. They're the co-creators of the new IFC sketch comedy series called Portlandia. It's set in Portland, Oregon. Portlandia is produced by Broadway Video, uh, which is Lorne Michaels' company, which which also produces Saturday Night Live. And um, as I read, it's sort of part of the premise of... uh, you being able to make another sketch comedy show in sort of in a funny way in competition with Saturday Night Live while you were still on Saturday Night Live was that it would be something very different. 
Um, and, you know, that's what Lorne Michaels talked about when he talked about why he thought it was appropriate to be making these two shows at the same time. Right. Um, what do you see as being different uh, about this show than uh, SNL? Well, you know, I don't mean this as a joke, but the whole live, the fact that there's no live audience, like it's very much short little films. We don't even like to think of it as sketches, really, even though in reality, I suppose that's what they are. But it's not that kind of a thing. It's just like these little pieces that we put together. And uh, Jonathan Kreisel, our director, has a big hand in that. He wrote a lot of the pieces, too. So um, I think there's just like a different there's a different sensibility. And also the, the main difference is, of course, that Carrie is in it. Like half of it is Carrie Brownstein. So that that will give it its own voice. And that's what I love about it. Carrie, what did you learn most in, in the process of uh, essentially becoming a comedian? Um, I, I think, well, just, I think a level of, um, I mean, I think I reached a level of exhaustion that I never reached before. <laughs> um, and, and I do think that there were, I think the most obvious thing was in terms of like the, the energy level and like that it was more funny when we were not trying to be funny, like when we were trying to be serious. And I felt like the more specific we got and the more detail oriented, I mean, I think I just needed to find the thing that worked for me. And that I think a lot of it was driven by my characters are driven by, you know, internal conflict, specificity and anger. So, um, and I think just learning just how to trust my intuition and, and be confident enough to not like be looking for an immediate reaction. I think that was actually hard for both of us is just to just trust the process because it, like Fred said, it's not in front of a live audience and I'm used to a live audience too, for feedback with music. Uh, so it was a lot about, um, just being really present with Fred and with Jonathan and, and just trying to keep things insular. I want to play a clip from the show. In, in this clip, uh, Fred Armisen, one of my guests, uh, my other guest is Carrie Brownstein. Together, their show is Portlandia, uh, about to premiere on IFC. Um, Fred plays a member of an adult hide-and-go-seek league um, who is hiding in a public library and uh, being lectured by an older lady who finds him under her, um, uh, under her reading table. Can I help you? I'm hiding. From what? I'm Portland's adult hide-and-seek league. There's weirdos everywhere. No, it, I'm not a weirdo. If you're talking, just make it look like you're talking to yourself like you're a crazy person. <laughs> no, I won't. Why don't you just get a job and go to work like a normal person? I do work. I work at a co-op. And you buy oh, it's food. It's a hippie place. We're just, not like hippies at all. all right. We like to think of ourselves as more alternative. So where do you live? I've got about three roommates. I'm up on the north side. It's kind of a house, but it's kind of falling apart. It's kind of a house, but it's kind of falling apart. Yes, ma'am. I think that describes your life right now, honey. Portland is this really specific place. And Carrie, you um, uh, have been a Portlander for many, many years. Um, I don't know if you're still living full time in Portland, but... I am. There are few public figures more associated than with Portland uh, than you as a member of... 
uh, Slater Kinney, one of the Portlandiest Portland things that there is, right up there with like Clyde Drexler. Um, so, did you think of Slater Kinney as being a, a a Portland band? Well, I mean, we started out in Olympia, Washington, and then ended up in Portland for yeah, I guess almost the last seven or eight years. I I definitely think that I I came of age in a time when music was contextualized by a community that it didn't exist in these sort of compartmentalized ethereal places like the internet where music can be from anywhere. And so in some ways it feels like it's from nowhere at all. Like I definitely came of age where, when you were surrounded by other artists making music and you felt like there was a sense of place that was informing your songs and your philosophy. So in that sense, certainly i I felt like Slater Kinney was a Portland band. What's funny to you about Portland? Um, I, I mean, mostly that it takes itself so seriously. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I think there's a lot of things. All the things that I find funny about Portland are the same things that I love about it. And I think that's true of a lot of Portlanders. Um like a good example is there's this this coffee shop called Courier Coffee, and they they make their own beans and they deliver their beans by bike, and it's <laughs> um, they ride their bike like up to 25 miles in either direction, and I'm sure as the bicyclist is going, you know they pass like 18 Starbucks and like a Stumptown delivery truck passes them, but they're so like earnest about their endeavor and they know it's it's kind of silly and i know it's silly but i still love it and i would i would fight for it and i think that that kind of self-righteous passive aggressiveness that just permeates portland is is kind of funny what do you what do you like about portland fred as as an outsider as a as a new yorker and former chicagoan and angelino it's just physically beautiful and there's something very sturdy about it. Like all the buildings seem really well built and it's very it's kind of overcast and dark green. And I like, I just like walking around there. I like going into stump town and I like that I have to wear a jacket all the time. It just looks amazing. And it's also, um, it's also like unlike any other city and I can't describe how. It's almost like whenever I go there, I immediately feel great. Portland is, is such a wonderful place and, and I, I've spent a lot of time there myself and, and really agree with you guys about all those wonderful things. Um, it also has this other side to it, which is that um, I think a lot of people move there um, from, you know, California or wherever, um, wanting to lead this bohemian lifestyle. And then they find that everybody else also moved there to do that. And they like, you know, can't get a job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me a little bit about, uh, about that kind of scary dark side of Portland. Huh? I remember that I remember that was happening when I was in Trenchmouth. I remember people were moving to San Francisco with that same – people seemed to be moving there all the time. People in I – mean, I remember in Chicago were like, I'm moving to San Francisco. Um, I don't know if that's really a dark side. I think that's more of a, um, people just exploring. It's almost like – you know that 
phenomenon where after college, people go to Europe. You know, they backpack through Europe. It's a, I think it's just like a part of life. Like it's it, like that thing when you're in your early 20s, like I'm moving to another city and I'm really going to do it. It's that. And right now it seems to be Portland. But I don't know. Um, or maybe you see it differently, but I don't know if that's really necessarily dark. I think people just figure it out after that and they think, oh, well, I, maybe I should get some kind of a career going. Yeah, I think there is something in, in the pioneer spirit that still exists in places like Portland where it just feels like this outpost and there's a slight kind of refuge quality to it. And I think anytime you have people congregating for idealistic reasons, there's the flip side, which is that those dreams aren't realized. And I think people carry that around with them there too. I want to play a bit of this sketch that uh, was released onto the internet. Um, Did you read? Uh, This is my guests, Fred Armisen and Carrie Brownstein, sitting in a cafe in Portland having a conversation. Hey, did you guys read that thing in the New Yorker last month about how golf is an analogy for marriage? I did. Mm -hmm. I did read that. Do you hear the thing at McSweeney's? Mm. I was comparing CD tracks and album tracks. Did you read that? Yeah. Did you read that thing in Mother Jones about eco chairs and eco ways to sit? I did. Yeah. I did. Did you read that thing in Spain about all the festivals? Uh huh. Did you read that thing in Pace? It was about the National. Oh, I saw that. Did you read that thing in Dwell about all the mid-century houses? Yeah. Did you read the New York Times? Yes. New York Observer. Yes. Washington Post. Yes. Wall Street Journal. Of course I read it. Did you read that steampunk article in Boingware? I did not like the end of it. Did you read that skywriting over the Willamette River? Yes. Did you read that fortune cookie? Yes. From last night? Yes. Did you read it? Yes. There were two. Yes. Did you read that thing that guy wrote in the sand on the beach? Yeah. Did you read the Portland Mercury? Yeah. Did you read the Willamette Week? Yeah. Did you read the Seattle Stranger? Beginning to end. Did you read the SF Weekly? I loved it. Harvard Lampoon? Well written. Did you read Mad Magazine? I did not like the end of it. Did you read Kathy? That was cute. Did you read Family Circus? Sure. Did you read Calvin and Hobbes? Sure. Did you read the Boston Globe? Sure. Did you read the Washington Blade? We read it together. Did you read? Uh huh. Did you read? Mm-hmm. Did you read? Of course I did. did you read? I read it to a friend of mine. Did you read the closing credits of that movie? Yeah, did you read that book? Did you read it? Did you read the Bible? Did you read it? Did you read it? Did you read it? Finger writing on the window? Did you read it? Because I did. Did you read it? Did you read it? Did you shown this show in Portland. You did a Portland premiere um, where you filmed a couple of episodes, where you screened a couple of episodes in a movie theater. Um, What was the reaction like? I mean, I think for the most part, it was a really positive reaction. I think that, you know, when we were filming the show, there was a spirit of benevolence. I think afterwards, there was a skepticism that I wasn't surprised about. Um, being such a skeptic myself. and But I think now that the show is done and people have actually seen the work, it speaks for itself. And I think a lot of, a lot of people in Portland do have a sense of humor and, you know, do think about the sort of contradiction or this kind of love-hate relationship they have, or at least the questioning relationship they have with, you know, our lifestyle and the the way we've chosen to kind of go about things. So, yeah, it was it was really fun. I was a little scared, but <laughs> were you scared that you were going to get like your your Portland passport revoked? <laughs> a, a little bit. I don't have many other cities that I would want to live in. So, I mean, I guess I should start <laughs> looking at apartments in Salem and Eugene. But if I can um, if I can just get through the next couple of weeks, I th- I think I might be able to stay put. Well, Fred and Carrie, thank you so much for uh, taking this time to be on The Sound of Young America. It was really great to have you on the show. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for Jesse. having us. Fred Armisen and Carrie Brownstein are the co-creators and stars of Portlandia, which is about to premiere on IFC. Oh, and in the interest of full disclosure, I do host a show on IFC, but uh, 
Fred's already been on the show, and I invited Carrie onto the show one time before I was on IFC. So, you know, that's not why they're on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> okay. That's our time for another Sound of Young America program. I have been your host, Jesse Thorne. The show is produced by Speaking Into Microphones. Our music is provided to us by Dan Wally. Our associate producer is Julia Smith. The show is edited by Nick White. Our departing intern is Leo Portugal. Goodbye, Leo. Thank you very much. Our incoming intern is Lindsay Palmer. Hi, Lindsay. Thank you in advance, I guess. You can find us online at MaximumFun.org, where you can find everything about the program and free downloads of not just this, but all of our shows, including Jordan Jesse Go featuring Jordan Morris and more. Special thanks to Paul Ruest at the Argo Studios, who recorded Kerry Brownstein and Fred Armisen. If you have thoughts about the show, email me, jesse at MaximumFun.org. We'll see you next time on The Sound of Young America. The Sound of Young America is supported in part by Ask Metafilter. Thousands of life's little questions answered online at ask.metafilter.com.